Logical Progression, Year 1, Lesson 12. Okay, then, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, as-salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi, wa man wa ala. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, everyone again. Jazakumullah khair for your patience as you are watching this particular version, then you know that's because YouTube and Google of all of all platforms uh, are down for maintenance or whatever, right at our dars time, which is clearly a Zionist conspiracy <laughs> against the spreading of the knowledge of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah. It could be, yani, or, or, or it could be a Chinese hacking flex going down, yani, because that's in vogue at the moment. Anything, yeah, and it messes up on a computer side, let's blame the Chinese, yeah, yeah. Or it could be like a Rafidi kind of flex, yeah, Shi'i thing going down. I don't know, man. There could be many things. So, um, so alhamdulillah, I had a great uh, 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 break in London. I had a great class in London, mashallah. Protect this house was very, very good. And then we had an excellent lesson in Tawheed. I want to give a shout out to all of the brothers and sisters who turned up. And, um, they were excellent, subhanAllah, really good turnout from the brothers and good hospitality from the masjid and the sisters, Masakini, and they turned up in their droves and then they were just locked away in a boiler room somewhere. And it was not even, a, and subhanAllah, when you get locked away in a boiler room, yeah, at least the very minimum that you expect is to be warm yani, because of the boiler, right? But they were in a boiler room, which was freezing, Masakini, yani. so they didn't even, they, they froze all the way as well. And subhanAllah, they still had big hearts and they and they gave lots of gifts and yani well, what's wrong with you type packies anyway yani why, why is it that yani everywhere I go I get lots of gifts and then you lot yani you know I mean uh, you know I know that you guys I know I know that we're not in an affluent area in you know on the edge of a, a stockbroker belt in Cheshire or anything oh, oh wait actually oh wait <laughs> so anyway it's okay Local, you know what? You're never appreciated by the locals, you know that? Never. Never. Sah, Allah, what a statement. Allahu Akbar. Familiarity breeds contempt. That's incredible. Suleiman, if that's the only statement you say this whole year, is enough. Wallah, <laughs> amazing. Alright, then, boys and girls, let's. Uh, um, it was a good lesson last time as well. I really enjoyed it as well. I don't know why. Oh, subhanAllah, before I start, very sad news. Um, obviously, we announced this a bit earlier, but we have got some sad news, subhanAllah. We have to drop the use of the Liverpool shirt, yani, for the international symbol for Najasa. <laughs> yani, and I'm gutted, I'm gutted to do that, because honestly, I think it was completely and utterly genius, yani. But it has to be dropped, because I, the reason, and people think, people think that it needs to be dropped because the Scousers were getting upset. And if anyone knows anything about me, I don't care about when people get upset. So that's not the reason. The reason is that too many people are actually asking questions. So is it permissible to wear it? Is can I do salah in it? Can I, yani, if, I if I cut it up, can I use it in cushions? Can I use it in my? Uh, uh, can I use it in my bristari, yani, whatever? You know, is it like not just proper? People were like, you know, especially sisters when I came from abroad, they were like lost, yani. They were thinking, what is this, yani, gandan thing? <laughs> my god man I was like oh my god right, so there was too many people getting too much confused so I thought khalas yeah, we gotta 
Maybe it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just. I tried everything. I tried everything to explain it in a nice logical way, and and you know, it's just not thinking. So, this week's homework, okay, and we'll assess it, Yanni, for 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 next week's lesson, is to put forward your best suggestion for an international symbol of Najasa, okay? Be be don't be cheap, yeah. Don't be cheap like saying Yanni a city shirt. Or a, uh, or a United shirt or something like that. Because only I'm allowed to be cheap like that. Be inventive, be imaginative. Let's see what you've got. <laughs> Let's see what you've got. Right, folks, where did we stop? Oh, local students, Yanni, who are better than everyone else. Better than those who don't do anything online, said Nasser Ishraq. Famous last words. It was like an Alan Hansen moment that man, can't win anything with kids. NASA's like, <laughs> we have no students online. Astaghfirullah. What a diss. Okay. Did we, yeah, but I, 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 did we, I'm sure that I, I covered the statement that it's either cooked with something or something drops in it. Yeah? I'm positive that we did that much. Yes? We're at the bottom of page 47 in the shark, yeah? This is where we are, definitely? Exactly, yeah, the last thing we will mark here is the Okay. Uh, yeah, that's right. Very good. That's very good. You see, that's the barakah of having Bobby back. You see? We are saying, Bobson, you're right, yeah? Okay. I warned you, boys and girls, Yanni. I warned you girls, anyway. Forget the boys, but I warned, the, I, warned, I warned all the girls that if you don't hook up my boy, Yanni, quick time, some miskin is going to hook him up, Yanni, back home. And uh, that's what happened, and it's just not right, to be honest. It's just not right. But there you go. There's always options open folks Three more options are open (laughs) Right, so listen So I guess what what Ibn Taymiyyah basically is saying Is that look Unless it's lost all connection With water It's still water That's basically his conclusion, right So it's no good it being You know, uh, touching this Or part of that or mixed with this Or rose water or Gripe water or whatever examples I gave, yeah. It was, as long as it still has the title water in it, it shows a lack of confidence in the person who's describing it to say that it's lost a connection with water completely. Does that make sense, yeah? And that's gonna, and uh, you're gonna start to feel the whole kind of even with Amin, even Tamiya flex come out at the end of this lesson, by the end of this lesson. So, anyway, um, uh, let's not Yanni, go too much into that point. Um, uh, I will just mention that Sheikh Uthameen, he does say, he does say that, look, the same Hanbalis, the same Hanbalis are saying that if this kind of, uh, if this water, this water is mixed with something that changes one of his characteristics, that changes one of his characteristics in some kind of way, um, that it's now not purifying. Yeah, the same Hanbalis said, you know, a couple of chapters ago, a couple of sections ago, that if it mixes with mud, yes, in the water, uh, in a watering hole or in a whatever, 
and because it's too difficult to take it out, then it's still okay to go ahead with it. And Sheikh Uthaymeen, he says, well, hold on. So what we're saying is that if a person uh, puts it in intentionally, then it's okay. But if it's, uh, meaning that you can't use the water for tahara, but whereas if it happens by itself, even though in both cases it's difficult to remove it, even though in both cases, then the one previously with mud, if, the, if it loses a characteristic, well, you're not going to be able to use it for purification. Because there's no evidence to, 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 to ascertain this point, and there's no evidence to divide between the two realities uh, either. So he's got a point, actually. He's got a point. And that then, as it goes, it then fits with Sheikh Uthaymeen's kind of position, which has been established now for a couple of lessons now, in your mind very clearly, that unless water has changed completely, unless it really has lost its properties, then we're going to still consider it to be pure and purifying, not just pure, okay? Not just tahir. We're going to, it has to be tahor as well. So we can, we can now move on to the next point, which is, or uh, or a small amount of it is used to remove ritual impurity. So a small amount of that water, or any water, a small amount is used to lift someone from hadith. Hadith, as you know, is ritual impurity. Yes? What does small amount mean? Less than qullatayn. Remember we said that whenever the madhab talks about small and large amounts, it's meaning less than two qulla and more than two qulla. So let's, uh, let's jump straight into the um, the fiqh, I guess, of of this. What um, Sheikh Uthaymeen, uh, uh, he says, he goes that it doesn't matter he gives an example. He goes, as a person, he has a bucket and the bucket has less than two qulla. And he wants to make um, uh, wudu. So he washes his hands after he's put his hands in it. Okay, So he's put his hands in it and he washes his hands from it. Then he dips his hands in again to wash his face. Now, the, uh, the, the water which is in this, in this uh, bucket or whatever, it, it is, um, it is being used and is, and is continually being used and is continually being used to lift, lift each, to, to clean each part and he's still intending, I'm making wudu, I'm making wudu. What the, what the, uh, uh, what the madhab is saying is that because this is a small amount of water and it is being used even in this form of putting the hands in, even if the water isn't all going back into it, but it's being used in this manner, because it's less than two qulla, this water now, it cannot be used again to purify. This water that we've just used. Is that clear? That's basically what's being stated by the, by the, uh, by the madhab. And, and Sheikh said, he goes, there's no evidence uh, for this. And he goes that uh, there's no, there's no, there's no, um, and a lot of a lot of people who try to establish the evidence for this you can't use used water concept. Okay, they would often give the example that you, if you had a slave, you can't free a slave twice. So once you free the slave, you can't free a slave twice. And the the issue here, do you understand the point? They're trying to find evidence for why is it that you cannot use water twice? Who said you can't use water twice? If the water's clean and your mind, you're not, you've got no problem with it. Like, let's imagine that you had a shower 
and you're like spanking clean, right? You're absolutely clean. But then you don't have wudu for whatever reason. So you make wudu from a bucket of water. But you're so clean that every drop of water that goes back into that bucket is clean water. Yeah? Okay? You're not using any soap. So there's no suds or scum or anything like that in the actual water. Like, what is to stop anyone using that water again? So the scholars, they said, well, the reason that you wouldn't use that water again is because the water has been given the qiyas, the analogy of like a slave. And a slave cannot, if you free a slave once, how do you free him again? He's free. And that's the end of it. And this is a poor analogy, as many of the scholars mentioned, and Sheikh Uthameen himself mentioned, because they're not directly comp- comparable, yani firstly. And secondly, actually, it is possible to free a slave again, because you could free him, and he could be enslaved again by someone else, and then you'd go, and then you would free him again. So even the example isn't a correct one either, Sheikh Uthameen says. So he goes, so the correct position for sawab, and that's at the top of page 49, he says, أَنَّ مَا رُفِعَ بِقَلِيلِهِ حَدَثٌ طَهُورٌ لِأَنَّ الْأَصْلَ بُقَاءَ الطَّهُورِيَةِ يعني that, that what the correct position is, is not the statement of what uh, Hijabi says, but rather that if even a small amount of water lifts someone's purification and there's still water left, then that water is still tahur, not just tahir, but it is tahur as well. It is still purifying until that water has completely changed. Why? Because the status quo of all water at all times is what? That is pure and purifying. Okay? <laughs> that is the status quo of all water. وَلَا يُمْكِنُ الْعُدُولِ it's not possible to leave this status quo unless we have a clear shari argument, a clear shari proof. And to be honest, that's a very um, strong and very a clear point. And I wanna I wanna say something that there are. Uh, if you want to know the positions of the different scholars, and I will mention this because Sheikh Muhammad Bukhtar Shankiti he mentions this. He goes that there are three positions in this in this uh, 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 matter. The first position, the first opinion in this matter about using this water, in al ma'tahur fi jami' ma taqaddam, yani that that water is going to be pure in all of these circumstances that have just been mentioned that we've just said. In all of the circumstances that we just mentioned, water is always going to be pure as long as it has not been changed by using it. So the water that has been used, it hasn't changed, then it is good to be continued to be used as as purifying water. Is that clear? This is the position of the Maliki Madhab, okay, according to the popular opinion. It is a statement from Imam Shafi'i, from the, sorry, it is a position from the Shafi'iyah, from the Shafi'i Madhab. There's a lesson uh, there, by the way. It's very inaccurate for me to say it's a position from Shafi'i when actually it's from the Shafi'i Madhab, because as you should have known by now, there's a difference between the two. Right, the Shafi'i Madhab constantly evolving and going through years and years of revision and so on and so forth, and lots of different minds, you know, are making their own opinions. Whereas, and they make an official position. Whereas Imam Shafi'i, he speaks for himself. He deals with it on according to his own evidences, and it's the same for all the scholars, all the imams, and the madhahib. And even in the madhahib themselves, there might be two or three, you know, popular opinions. And even from the imam directly, there might be two or three statements as well. So we know that already, anyway. Okay, so. Um, 
it's a statement from the Shafi'is and it's a riwayah, it's a narration from the Hanbalis as well. And it is that narration which Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah chose. And therefore that is his position. And therefore this is Shaykh Uthaymin's position. And it is Shaykh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti. It's his position as well. It is my position. And it is also our own Shaykh, Shaykh Kihlan's, his position as well. What is that? That water is good to go, is pure and purifying unless it has been changed completely. By whether that's changed by cooking or by using or by X or by Y, unless it's been changed completely, it's always good to go. This is the first position in this mas'ala, in this issue. The second position, al-qawl al-thani, innahu tahirun wa laysa bi-tahurin, that it is pure and it is but not purifying after it's been used. This is a position of the majority of the scholars. It is the position of the majority, jamhur al-ulama. It is the position of the majority of the scholars. And the third opinion, the third opinion is that the water is najas. Okay, the water is najas. And this is obviously a strange opinion, but it is the opinion of some of the Hanbali scholars. And it is the opinion of most famously Al-Qadi, Abu Yusuf. Who is Abu Yusuf Qadi? He is the student and companion of Imam Abu Hanifa, alayhi wa rahmatullah. So that's the position of Qadi Abu Yusuf uh, from the uh, Hanafiya. Now, you might say, what are the evidences? Let's remind ourselves very quickly of the evidences uh, in this issue. For us, the situation is very clear and very simple. Water upon its principle is pure and purifying. There's no evidence to make, take it away from that unless it changes. So that we have the we have the the principle of the status quo evidence from the Quran and Sunnah. We mentioned the Hadith uh, many times now. The Hadith of Abu Sa'id al Khudri, um, which uh, states that the Prophet ﷺ said that in the that water is pure and purifying. It is never najas. It never becomes najas. So. It, it, this indicates our principle. It's the evidence behind our principle that water is always pure and purifying until it really has become najis. So it doesn't become najis until it is najis. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is the hadith. And it's the most powerful and the most strong and the most primary hadith in this entire chapter of purification with respect to water. Water is pure and purifying and it does not become najis. That's the statement of Abu Sayyid al-Khudri. That is the most yani, authentic, it's a, or not only is it authentic hadith, but it establishes the principle that unless it really does become najis, and you will all know that when it becomes najis, it's pure and purifying water. Okay. Um, also, we have the hadith that we mentioned, uh, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas, that in al-ma'la yujnib, that water itself does not go into a state of impurity. Water does not become impure. Water does not become impure, meaning that just because you use it, it and you, what, what, what is this? What is this uh, hadith? What is this statement I just quoted? Which hadith is it from? Who remembers? Who's, who, 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 by the way, is actually re- reading their notes when they uh, after every lesson? Very important, very very important. Because if you don't read your notes once or twice, or review the video or the transcription transcribed notes uh, before the class, you will forget. That's really, really important. And the, the second benefit, of course, of reading your notes is that therefore you start to then put it into practice. You start to look at water differently. You start to, and the more you start to practical, kind of uh, practically apply this knowledge, right? 
even in a theoretical sense, that meaning that uh, you don't actually physically do something, but you look at water and you think about it, or you look at water that comes out of a tap and you think about it. This thinking process is what solidifies the, the knowledge. Yeah. So this hadith of the water does not become impure is from which hadith? The Prophet Excellent. We did it last week. That the uh, wives of the Prophet ﷺ, they were all uh, bathing from one set of water. And when the Prophet ﷺ wanted to use it, they said, but you know, we were, we were purifying ourselves from Janaba and we were using it and we were sexually impure. And he said, water doesn't become sexually impure. Yani, what you, you, do, you use it, you use it. And khalas, yani, what I'm going to use is I'm going to use the water and the water is upon its asal. And so that's our, that's our evidences. Um, I'm not going to go too much into the evidences of the other side in, in a re- reflection of what we said that we don't want to go too much into this chapter. But I just want to say that the, uh, other, state, the other scholars do have evidences. The evidence that, for example, that uh, don't uh, let not one of you um, wa- make ghusl uh, from sexual impurity, from janaba, in standing water. And the other hadith is do not uh, urinate in uh, a standing uh, uh, water. Um, and so these, so that, that second hadith is going to be the, the support for the people who said it's najis. And the first hadith I just mentioned is the one that's going to say that, therefore, once you've, uh, the Prophet ﷺ said, don't wash in water whilst you're uh, uh, junub. So the scholars are saying, well, if, that me- if, if the Prophet ﷺ is saying, don't wash in water whilst you're a junub, what is the point of that hadith? It means that basically no one else can use it. That's their thing. We're saying, no, no, that's not what it means. It means don't do it. It's not nice. It doesn't mean that the water afterwards can't be used. We're saying that it's not right. Whether you wash in it, whether you do ghusl in it, whether you urinate in it, that's not right. It's not good. And if other people are using that water, then it's messing things up. Even there's no evidence per se in these narrations, and especially so when you keep in mind the narrations that we mentioned from our side, it's clear therefore that the water can actually be used, but it's not nice, it's not good, and we should avoid doing it. So that's the, basically the summary of this position. I think that's good that we know that. So now let's move on to this other uh, interesting point, and this is a good discussion now. Um, um, or someone's hand is dipped in it, after they arise from nocturnal sleep, which invalidated their ablution. This is a very detailed sentence, by the way, in the Arabic. And Sheikh Uthameen is going to deconstruct it in detail. Alright, it's very interesting. Okay, so a, someone's hand is dipped in it after they arise from nocturnal sleep, which invalidated their ablution. The first thing that you need to know immediately is what is it? Dipped in what? What do you think? Water. What water? The, uh, the question that we say is in Arabic, the damir returns back to what? The pronoun is referring to what? Yeah, and you look in the sentence, which, what is the damir returning back to? The pronoun. Wudu. Does, make, does that make, make sense? Oh, wudu. The water being used for wudu. It's not accurate enough. So black that. Hmm? Why? Correct. That's right. It is returning back to the word qalil. Not water. A lot of you said pure water. It's not. 
that dhamir, the pronoun, is returning back to the word qalil. Alright? So he's already mentioned that. Small amount of water, less than two qullatain. So we keep that in mind that now the mas'ala, according to the Hanbalis, is moving ahead on the principle of two qullatain. So let's look at this then. So Shaykh Uthameen on page 49, he goes that this is talking about small amounts of water. And he goes the yad, the hand, is a word which is um, uh, used in an absolute sense. And here's a fa'idah, here's a benefit. He goes that whenever the word hand is used in an absolute sense, it always refers to just the hand. Because the word hand in Arabic can refer to the entire arm, you see. So when the word hand is being used in an absolute sense, it means up to the wrist. Okay, it's the hand up to the wrist. So, um, so he, then he gives an example. So he goes, what are the Hanbali saying? He goes, we'll give an example. A man, he gets up from sleep at night time. He has a bucket and he, in this bucket, he has a little bit of water, like half a qulla or whatever. Yeah, he dips his hand in until, um, he dips his hand in um, and he dips, uh, but, but he dips actually his entire arm in. Sheikh Uthameen is going to have some fun here, I'm going to admit it, okay? He, he dips his entire arm in. This water, this water is, is not going to be uh, purifying, but it's going to be only tahir. This water now which is left in the bucket. Is that clear? This is what the Hanbalis are saying. What is the evidence for what, what the Hanbalis are saying? The statement of the Prophet ﷺ, we mentioned this about a couple of months ago or something like that, uh, uh, that when one of you wake up, is a stake of the ahdukum min nawmihi, that when one of you wakes up from his sleep, then let him not dip his hand into the vessel, the vessel, yeah? Ina? Vessel? Yeah? Into the vessel until he washes it three times. Because he does not know where his hand spent the night. It's nice that, isn't it? He doesn't know where his hand spent the night. I don't know if that's a good uh, translation or not, but I liked it anyway. So that's narrated by Bukhari. Yeah, this hadith is narrated in Bukhari, in Kitab al-Wudu. And it's narrated by a Muslim as well, in Kitab al-Tahara. And subhanAllah, it's very interesting. I'm just not going to, I don't want to impose upon you, but uh, 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 Imam Muslim, Imam Muslim, he, when he narrated this hadith, he put it under the chapter title. He goes, Bab, the chapter of the dislike of someone. يعني كراحة غمس المتوضع وغيره يده المشكوك في نجاستها في الإناء قبل غسلها ثلاثا. What a detailed title. He said that the the chapter of the disliking of the one who's making wudu or anyone other than that to dip their hand, which is doubtful. يعني doubtful what's the nature of that hand. Uh, uh, in terms of its purity or not, into a vessel before he washes it three times. So you can see the Ahl Hadith have made it very clear right bang from the uh, start that we're going to narrate this Hadith, but we're making it very clear. We can see from this Hadith that this is a makru action, which is very interesting. That's just a side point, okay? So that's what the Hanbalis are saying. Now let's look what let's look at now what uh, Sheikh Uthameen says. He says that, so in this uh, Hadith is very clear that you are not allowed, the Hadith is made it clear, don't let one of you, do not dip your hand. The hadith has made it very clear that it's not permissible to put your hand into the, uh, 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 into the vessel. So, 
as a result of what the Hanbali said, then we can we can therefore say that if the water, if the hand is put into a lot of water, then it's okay, it's no problem, according to the Hanbalis. And if the if the and like and likewise, if the person puts his foot into that water, it's okay. And according to the Hanbalis, he said that if a person puts his entire whole arm into that water, it's okay. Meaning that the water is going to be tahir and tahur. Okay? And he goes that if a kafir puts his hand into the water, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to see how he's going to prove all these points. Okay? And he goes that if a, a person put his hand into the water after a long sleep in the daytime it's going to be why is it going to be okay huh yeah it's daytime so why is that okay daytime It says nocturnal. Okay, all right. Okay. Does it say nocturnal? Did we mention anything nocturnal? Yeah, spent the night. Spent the night. The problem is, is that I translated that. <laughs> the Arabic word is, or the verb is batat. Bata meaning, huh? Stay over, right? In the Arabic, when you say, is it You know, if you like to call someone, and the Arab would say that if I'm going to come over and I want to spend some time with you or stay over, then you would say, I want to do mubit, yani. I want to stay at your place. Yeah? Bata. Alright? Now, even when you say in English, stay over, when you say stay over, you don't mean in the daytime, right? Mm-hmm. Stay over means nighttime. And that's of course what the scholars concluded, that whenever you use the word bata, it's referring to a nighttime sleep. So nocturnal is an implied meaning in the translation. Does that make sense? Yeah? Sheikh Uthameen, he goes, and likewise, if a person sleeps only very little in the night time, very little in the night time, then... Okay. Shall I give you the evidence for each one as we go? This will make it a lot quicker, I think. Okay? Because uh, why Sheikh Uthameen is saying all this? So the first one he said, Ma'un kathir. If, it, if he puts his hand in a lot of water, no problem. Why is that? Because the, because the Hanbalis, they said... Remember, this is not criticism of the Hadith. This is criticism of the humbly position. So, he said, according to the humblies, if he puts his hand in water, which is a lot, no problem. Why? Because they said, قليل. Is that clear? They said a little amount of water. That's the first point. He goes, the second point, he goes, that if he puts his hand, if he puts his foot into the water, no problem. Why? Because they used the hadith and they said hand only, hand. Okay? The third point he said, he said that, um, if he puts his whole arm into the water, that's okay as well. Because they still focused upon the word yad in the hadith. The fourth point he mentioned, kafir. What's the proof there? Kafir can't make wudu? Yes, they can. <laughs> Unless we chop their hands off. No, they can do the actions, but it's never wudu. It's never going to be a shar'i wudu, yeah? Okay. That's not the direct evidence. There's one more obvious evidence from that. Correct. If one of you wakes up, 
Okay? So one of you, obviously, means Muslim. Okay? So he goes, therefore, a kafir, if he puts his hand into this, then it's okay. And with that, he has a major problem. You know? He's like, and he makes another point as well. He goes, and also, he goes, the same point, I'm going to mention it here anyway. He goes that also if a non-Mumayyiz, did we do, yeah, we did this yesterday, yeah? Last week. Sinotemiz, yes? The age of discernment. Am I dreaming or am I not dreaming? What do you mean I'm dreaming? <laughs> we did, we talked about Tamiz, that the Mumayyiz is a seven or up. We did, yeah? Sheikh Ibrahim, what do you mean I'm dreaming? How old are you? That's why you're a blagger, isn't it? He wants it lifted. He wants the whole age of Tamiz lifted to 11 or something. Right. So we said that anyone who's above the age of seven, he is Mumayyiz. He's able to discern right from wrong. Yeah? And of course, of course, when you tell someone to do something, it's only going to be applicable if you understand being told how to do something. So therefore, this is what we call the, 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 the people, the audience that this is referring to is not just Muslim, but... No, no. The audience of this hadith is not just Muslim, but... Oh my God. But of someone of age. What age? Age of... Above seven, why? So that, they can, so they can understand what to do. Now remember, this is an important point. Don't get confused between two things. There's a difference between having to do something and being punished if you don't do it, and two, being addressed about being told to do something. Does that make sense? Like, when we tell our children to pray at the age of seven, if they don't pray at age of seven, are they punished by Allah? No. Why not? Because it's hadith. Because they've been told to do it at the age of seven because they know right and wrong, fine, but why are they not punished? Because they're young, because they have not gone through puberty. They're not mature, yes? And you're only accountable once you go through maturity. Is that clear, yes? So there's a difference between the two ages from a Sharia point of view, legally speaking. You're allowed to speak to someone and tell them to do something, but it doesn't mean that they have to do it or they're going to be punished. So So does that make sense? So therefore, Sheikh Uthaymin, he says, that therefore a five or a six-year-old could put his hand in that water and it would be okay. okay. Do you understand how he come to that conclusion? Yeah? Because obviously the Sharia is, uh, the, the Hadith of Prophet is talking about people who would understand the ruling and they would be applicable too. So therefore, Sheikh Uthaymin says, he goes, reflect upon that for one minute. A Muslim, male, female, thinking, practicing, goes to sleep, clean, makes a stinger, makes wudu, is very careful about where he puts his hand, whatever, as opposed to some dirty kufiani, or some little five-year-old, right, who's all night uh, and is scratching himself, yani, or whatever, okay? The two dirtiest hands you can ever imagine in the entire world is a five-year-old's hands, or four-year-old's hands, or, you know, a hand of a kuf, right? This, these two hands are like so impure, but according to the Hanbalis, it would be okay for them to put the hand in the water and it wouldn't affect the water. But Miskini and Mu'min, they clean. He puts his hand in the water. We can't use it. Do you understand the point where Sheikh Uthaymin is saying? Yeah? He's just making, he's making a point here anyway. So I just hope that you understood that point. Um, 
And then he said that the one who sleeps a long time in the daytime would be okay. Why? Because they said that the hadith is referring to spending the night, and that's right. So therefore a person, he would be uh, 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 exempt from this if he slept during the daytime. Yep. Yep. Co- correct. And and this is what Sheikh Zamin is saying. He goes that what is the real issue here? What is the issue? Is it the fact that it is a long night, long sleep, or is it not? His next point is, and also if a person goes to sleep for a very small amount of time, then that's going to be okay as well. Why? Because the hadith, same hadith, what did Prophet say? Because he doesn't know where his hand spent the night. Shaykh Uthameen said that it's not possible for you to not know where your hand spent the night unless you fall into a deep sleep. And in a light sleep, no one moves hands and whatever. One. If you just pop off for five seconds or, t- or one minute, everything's pretty much where it is, right? Yeah, and no, no, normally, I think. Yeah, if you're a normal human being, you don't start getting all kind of funky and stuff, yeah, I mean, but So, <laughs> this is crazy, man. You gotta love fit, man. All right, there, so, so there you go. So do you understand all that whole point? Yeah, all these all these various criticisms of the of the uh, uh, issue. Anyway, Sheikh Uthaymeen, he says, listen. He goes, what the correct position actually is, is this: that a water, a, an amount of water, whether small or little, whether small, whether little or plenty, it remains pure and purifying. If a person came and dipped his hand into it, what would happen though is that he would be punished for doing it. That's all. He would sin. Is that clear, everybody? Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and this is a very important thing, which is a, a, like a, a turning point for you as students of fiqh. That it's important to emotionally detach yourself from the ruling and be able to see what is applicable from a legal point of view. So what the Shaykh has said is that, listen, you are sinning for going against the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. You are, sin- you are sinning because the Prophet prohibited you to go and put your hands into water when you wake up from nighttime before washing them. Before washing them. Okay? So if you went and, be- and you didn't wash your hands three times, so what would, what would the right thing be? So I want you to understand that in our time, it's not applicable, okay? Because we turn the tap on and we wash our hands and everything goes down and that's the end of the story. But let's say that you don't have a tap and you have a bowl of water, you are not allowed to put your hands into that water. You have to tip it, yep? So you tip the bowl, catch some in your hands and then you would then rub your hands and then you would then maybe get some soap and then you wash your hands with your soap and then you would then tip the bowl into the hand again and then... Like that, and then third time, tip the bowl, get the water in the hands, and then, so now your hands are washed three times, or hands are washed completely, alright, but that's a whole, we're not going to get into that point now that will come in the issue of wudu, and now then you can now enter your hands into this inaya. Is that, is that, is that, is that clear? That is what's being uh, 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 talked about in this issue with respect to the, the, the hands. Now what Sheikh Uthameen is saying, that if a person didn't do that and he just dumped his hands right into this bucket or wash basin after he's woken up, he's sinful because he didn't do what the Prophet ﷺ told him to do. But the water itself is pure and purifying. That's the, that's the conclusion. Is that clear, everybody? Yes. Because uh, something that raised uh, an argument against is because uh, that 
the issue of him putting his hands in from sleep is due to the high likeliness that he took some her to make it najis. But in the other narration, nine of the wives of the Prophet wash themselves in water and they all say that they're jundal. The Prophet said the water's fine. Very good, a very good question. Um, just for the, the purpose of the camera, Nasser said that we just used the hadith earlier on that we have these, we have all of the, the, the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu using the water and it not having any problem for the Prophet Sallallahu to use. And now we're saying there's a problem with this water. There's two responses. All right. Number one, the use of them using that water was not dipping. The use of them using that water was to take water from, not yani, to dip uh, impure hands. Does that make sense? Yani, uh, let, me, let me make... Actually, there's three responses, but let me just go through it in, in, in order. So this is a very clear hadith about dirty hands, which, you have, which are just dipped into water, versus water, a source being used, whether, whether by hand or whether by bucket or whether by measuring cup, and then used to then bathe oneself. So that, that hadith is in its place. This hadith is in its place. Number one. Number two. The difference between the two also is, com- is completely separate. One is upon knowledge of where the hands are. The issue of janaba is not in someone's hands. Okay, One is upon knowledge. The other one, the Prophet ﷺ made it very, very clear. That he did not know where his hand spent the night. So he's coming up from sleep. Whereas these guys know, the, 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 the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, they knew everything about themselves. It was just a state, a state of Janaba, not, not Najis hands, which is completely different. A state of Janaba, we said a couple of months ago, or weeks ago, whatever, that a person could be in a state of Janaba and be absolutely spanking clean. Because it's a state, isn't it? Yeah, You could be physically clean. And the third response is that, actually, we, I'm going to come to the third response now. Yeah. What about the hadith of Aisha that when Neil and Prophet would wash ourselves after intimacy, our hands would go into the bucket one after another, yes. which clearly shows that the, obviously after such an act, the hands would have most likely touched whatever they were into. Not, 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 what do you do? You take it upon what's most common, isn't it? And what is most common and what's known? That water is upon its asl and clean. You see? That when water is, water is clean and pure and purifying, any, um, and this is the third point I want to make. Uh, the Sheikh says that there are some people who, uh, let's give an example. What if a man, he goes to sleep with gloves on? <laughs> okay, so if you turn the page, if you have the page, um, he goes that uh, I put my hands in a uh, in gloves, so I know that it's not going to touch anything impure from my body. Then I go to sleep, also upon istinja as well. Ala istinja shari. Meaning that yani, anything happens after that, I know that my hands are not going to, you know, we're not going to get involved in any najasa. So what is the, the response to this point? Sheikh says that Sheikh says that 
يعني that there are some actions which you have to know that we do not know their illa for. This is one of them. Meaning that the hadith itself, even though it says that we don't know where the hands are, have spent, it's clear to our minds what the implication is. That it's going to become impure. But is the implication that we're, 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 we're saying, is that the shari reason why it's not allowed? And remember what I said to you, it's the most difficult thing in sharia for someone to come and say, this is the illa. And the scholars never had the confidence in this mas'ala to say that. And therefore, what did they say their illa was? The illa is at-ta'abud al-mahd, pure worship. Pure worship, meaning sami'na wa'ata'na. Yani we're told to do this, we're told to pray five times a day, why not three, why not seven, why not whatever, we, don't, we have no idea. Five times is what Allah chose. He made it 50 and he brought it down to five. He could have bought, he could have made it a thousand and brought it down to six. Right? But he made it to five. And that's the at-ta'abud al-mahd. Okay? That's just pure worship. No ugly reasons. Now that's not a bad thing to say. Sometimes you just got to put your hands up and say it. We don't know. We don't know. And, and you know, you remember my discussion about that on the issue of hijab. Okay? There are a lot of people who go out there and, you know, just talk all a big game, you know, a good talk about why they wear hijab, this, that, whatever, and they come up with all kinds of nonsense, right? But uh, anyway, well, we've done that though, anyway. So, um, yeah. How, how is that a response, I mean, to, to the water that is taken from? If the water is taken from, how is it ever then going to be an issue of its, you know, it coming to question then? Okay, so, so then, Sheikh then says, Lakin Zahir al Hadith. Sheikh Uthameen says, he goes, I respect what the scholars have said, that here, that the illa is basically just pure worship, we don't know. Sheikh Uthameen says, but to be honest, when you look at this hadith, it's pretty obvious, yani, what the illa is. The illa is uh, that, because he doesn't know where his hand spent the night. And he goes, and Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah, his, his conclusion was to use the same reasoning as well, like he used the reasoning for the other hadith, which is narrated in um, in Bukhari. What is this hadith? The Prophet ﷺ said that إذا استيقظ أحدكم من منامه فليستنثر ثلاث مرات فإن بها شيطان. So, um, uh, 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 sorry, فإن الشيطان يبيت على خياشيمه. Yani his khayashim, uh, the Prophet Prophet said that if one of you awakes from his sleep, then let him blow his nose three times because the shaitan spends the night in his nose or, or at his nose or in his nostrils or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So, فَيُمْكِنْ أَنْ تَكُونَ هَذِهِ الْيَدِ عَبَثَ بِهَا الشَّيْطَانِ وَحَمَلَ عَلَيْهَا أَشَاءَ مُضَرَّ لِلْإِنسَانِ أَوْ مُفْسِدَ لِلْمَاءِ فَنَهَى النَّبِيَ صلى الله عليه وسلم أَنْ يَغْمِسَ يَدَهُ حَتَّى يَغْسِلَهَا الثَّلَاثَةَ وَمَا ذَكَرُ شَيْخْ الشَّيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ وَلَوْ جَاءَنَا فِي الْأَمْرَ لَحِسَّ لَكَ الْإِنْسَانُ يَعْلَمُ أَنَّ بَعْثَ يَدَهُ لَكِنَّ السُّنَّةَ يُفَسِّرُ بَعْضَهَا بَعْضًا يعني وشيخ تامين is saying is that look he goes that we, we can be pretty confident that the issue here is of يعني um, uh, that the reason has been mentioned but we cannot necessarily protect against that reason. So we don't know where the, the hand has spent the night. 
Okay? Now we can then say that, okay, we can put gloves on, we can do this, we can do that. So Sheikh, Sheikh, Sheikh bin Taymiyyah, he responded to that point and said, well, there's another hadith as well, which says that you should blow your nose because the shaitan is there. Now, as opposed to saying that it's very dirty and it's got full of whatever guns and stuff, yeah? Instead of saying that, he, Sallallahu Alaihi said that because the shaitan is there. So what Shaykh Hussain bin Taymiyyah is saying is that shaitan, which is obviously metaphysical, yani here we cannot appreciate the reality of what shaitan is doing to his nostrils, is potentially involved in the same way with his hands. Yani doing something, making his hands go and touch something and whatever or not that he doesn't know and not in control of. So just mentioning the reason itself does not necessarily necessitate that the mentioned reason is the exact reason for the prohibition. Rather, rather, it is an indication of what makes sense to us, but maybe the actual reason is the actual reason is metaphysical. Anyway, I mean that 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 got more complicated than it should have. What I want to what I want to basically say is that a person should not put his hands into or any water when he wakes up because this is dirty. This principle should apply to the Muslim at all sleep at all time of all ages because it's not right for a Muslim to do that, okay? But from a shari point of view, it is impermissible if he wakes up at night time to do that. And he has to, you know, use a tap or use something else. Does it make the water go wrong or does it make does it make the water lose its purifying property? No. The water, according to uh, our taught position, is that it's still pure and purifying, even though the humbly taught position is that this action has now left the rest of the water Drinkable, but not making wudu'able. Yeah? And that's of course another criticism. Yeah, and we're allowed to drink this water, but we can't make wudu with it. You know what I'm saying? There's a point there as well. But anyway, and, and just to quickly now finish this whole point, and you'll be very glad that we can finish this entire chapter uh, today. The final point is, or it was the last water used in removing filth. Or it was the last water used in removing filth. What on earth does that mean? This is what it means, folks, okay? According to the madhab, you've already learned that the only way you can remove filth is We had like one or two lessons with this The only way you can remove filth, physical najasa from the body or clothes Is washing it with water What did we say? What did we say? What was, what was our conclusion upon this, on this humbly position? No, because no, no, no. But, but as long as what we can use other things as well. No, as long as it removes the khabath, not hadith. The the the. Uh, this is the correct position. We can use anything as long as it removes the impurity, as long as it removes the najasa. Yes, that's what we said. Yes, but according to a number of the scholars, and especially according to the Hanbalis, you can only use water. Is that clear? Based upon that premise, let's continue building upon that premise. When you have najasa, there's two main positions in the Hamli Madhab. That to wash something, it has to be washed three separate times. That's one opinion. The more stronger opinion, and Allah knows best, is it needs to be washed seven times. Okay? Seven times. Seven separate times. And there are a hadith that support that, and it's coming in about 400 pages time. Okay? When we come to it. So, and I'm sure all of you know the hadith about the dog and the najasa of the dog seven times plus plus once with uh, turab with uh, with dust or whatever I don't know. So 
Is that clear? Yes? So just keep that in your mind. That the Hanbali Madhab, it builds this principle upon that something has to be washed three times minimum separately or seven times. What does washing mean? It means that if I've got a thobe and it has najasa on it, I get water, yes, pour water on it, rub it, water falls off, and I look at it again, I look at it, I think, yeah, okay, next lot. Put the water on again, rub it, water falls off, and now look at it again, now. You understand? Yes, this is what washing means. Even if soap is involved in each part, in each time, even if rubbing is involved, even if rubbing is not involved, the point is, is that there are washings which happen each time with a separate amount of water. Is that clear? This is across the madhahib, by the way. So I want you to imagine as a humbly, you believe that something needs to be washed seven times. If you believe that it needs to be washed seven times, then each time when the water falls onto this najasa, even if you see something there or not, it's irrelevant because it needs to be washed seven times. Therefore, when the water falls off the first time, from the first washing, what's the nature of this water? It's najis. Because the thing it just touched is najis. Its amount is little. It's just touched najasa. Therefore, it is still najis. And the thing itself is still najis. First time. Now second time. Now third time. On the fifth time, everybody? Still najis. On the seventh time. On the seventh time, I I pour water onto this. And that water falls off. What's the ruling on that water that falls off on the seventh time? Najas, we have Sulaiman saying Najas. Anyone else? Pure and purifying because you're Salafi, he is. Anyone else? Just pure. Okay, Najas, because... Even after the seventh time. After the, you're saying on the eighth time. Like no, no. The seventh time. Yes. Seventh time. Yes. Okay. So I did. No, this is not dog. This is just normal najasa. Okay. Uh, pure, pure. Yep. Okay, correct. You're just repeating what's the statement, basically. Yeah. Fine, but think about it. If you believe that najasa needs to be washed seven times, the second that the water touches that najasa on the seventh time, that now has become pure. Therefore, water coming off the pure thing is now pure. Okay? It's not the eighth time. This is the seventh time. Because it's the seventh pouring. The water which is coming off is still the seventh water. It's the last time. That's why they didn't. That's why the Hanbalis didn't mention the number, because it's not about the number. It's about what you consider to be the minimum amount of times you need to wash something. If you consider it to be three, then on the third time, as soon as it's touched it, the water which comes off it is going to be pure. All right. If you believe that it is seven, that's a minimum number. The water that comes off the washing of the seventh is going to be pure. Okay. It's according to the madhab. Is that clear, everybody? That makes sense from a madhab point of view. And, and as for the water on the 8th, then of course that's going to be the... Uh, uh, okay, sorry, sorry. Same, now carrying on. We now pour water on it. We're still humble, yeah? We pour water on it now. 
on the eighth time onto that area. What is the nature of this water? Pure and purifying. Why pure and purifying? Yep. Correct. It was pure on the seventh time, but not purifying, according to the Hanbalis. But on the eighth time, it was pure and purifying because now it's just like water touching a stone, touching lead, touching metal. It's just touching a pure substance. Is that clear, everybody? We only have one minute on this video, and I'm going to now just make it clear to you that therefore what the text says that in this scenario, this water is pure and pure only. Okay? Pure and pure only. In all of the above scenarios, what does Sheikh Uthameen say? He goes... This is only, of course, if you believe that water is of three types. Pure and purifying, pure not purifying, and najas. What's sahih, and the correct position, is that There's only two types of water. There's only pure and purifying water, and there's only filthy water. You have pure water and purifying. It's always going to be like that until it changes. If it changes... By becoming something else, then it's not even water anymore, it's not relevant. If it changes because it's become in contact with Najasa, then it's clearly Najas, and you will not touch it because it's Najas, then it's Najas. End of story. Isn't that amazing? Yeah? And this, of course, is the position of Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah. My position always has been position of Sheikh Ihlan as well. And so, on that bombshell, as Jeremy Clarkson would normally say, on that bombshell, see you again next week. Goodbye. <laughs> so he says, isn't it, huh? So, uh, inshallah, we'll pick this up because the video is only one hour long. And uh, we'll do some Q&A here, maybe a little bit, and then we'll add that afterwards, I think, inshallah, no problem. Okay, Jazakumullah khair wa sallallahu wa sallam wa wa Right, folks. Um, so, did you understand that point, yeah? I know that was a little bit rushed ending, okay? But it was important to follow the, the thread of what the Hanbalis were, uh, were, were, were saying. And just for your own information, what Sheikh Uthameen then ends with, he goes, Anything which has been changed by filth, it becomes filth. And anything which has not been changed by filth, then it's water. And what is water? Water is pure and purifying in its original status, nothing else. As for this concept of pure water, which is not purifying, there's no evidence for this in Sharia. There's no existence of this uh, uh, thingy, uh, this this uh, this uh, division in Sharia, and this is what Sheikh Islam chose. And I need to repeat this next week because they're going to miss out. He goes, "What dalil? What's the evidence? What's the evidence for this?" Okay, but this is this is a nice Arabic here. What dalil? What dalil The evidence for this is the lack of evidence for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. They need to prove that there's another category. We don't. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Water's water. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent it down, and is there for our use to drink, to cook with, to purify. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that abundantly clear in the Qur'an. Alright? They need to now start bringing evidences when they want to make it like this, make it like that, etc, etc, etc. This is the first point. The second point Shaykh Muthamin makes, which is very important, he goes, subhanAllah, he goes, yeah, and you're making this situation very complicated. And this is a very basic thing for people. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained the details of wudu very very clearly, all the intricacies of intricacies of wudu, and he didn't explain to us the intricacies of water. Yani no clear evidences. It goes that if there was such a category that, of water that we were not allowed to use, then there would be pure, clear hadith supporting this idea that we have pure water. That's not purifying. But we don't have any hadith that show that. We have a lot of ambiguous evidences that people are using here and there, and we don't have this clear, strong bang, yani making it say, yes, there's such an existence. And so forth. the evidence for our position that there is only pure, purifying water and uh, uh, not just water is that lack of evidence for anything other than that which I think is pretty cool so inshallah next week we get into Najis then yeah get into Najis head and sound, right didn't it <laughs> alright then any questions Any anything is? any points yeah so when you said it the last time it's, it's pure if the thing was Najis before if the water touched it doesn't the water carry the Najis away so why is the water pure uh, in what scenario? In what exact scenario? So for, the, yeah, for the last time we wash it, why does the water become pure if the thing that touched when they already touched it was nedus? So, so the question is that if the water touches it on the seventh time, yes, um, when the water touches the the najasa, the ainun najasa on the seventh time, why is it not carrying away the impurity? Um, that that it's uh, that um, uh, that uh, that it comes in contact with, and the answer is is that of course it will, and of course it does. There will be, but seven seven times is a um, a statement which has been narrated by the Prophet Hadith of the Eleven Umar. Like I said, we're going to come to it in about four hundred pages time. Okay, which establishes that a person should wash. Seven times, and also, like I said, the hadith that mentioned that the statement that uh, the scholars mentioned about three times that's also been narrated in hadith. Wash this uh, three times, no, sorry, uh, repeat this action three times. So, not for washing, but repeating an action three times, which is the evidence for three. Washing seven is a textual evidence, unless, and um, the idea is, is that by the seventh time, the najasa is so gone that is negligible, which is why the which is why the Hanbalis. They didn't say that the water is uh, pure and purifying, but they brought it down lower than that. And why in the eighth time, the eighth time, they said it's pure and purifying. Because as you said, then there's no najasa there whatsoever. We will say actually something completely different. We, our position. We don't, we don't look for seven or eight or 15 or whatever. If we wash it once and it's clean, then the water coming off the first time is clean as well. Does that make sense? Meaning that the illa is in the cleansing of the area. If we can clean that area in any which way possible, then any water which then touches it after that, whether it's the first water, tenth water, whatever water, it would then be yani, pure and purifying. And in actual fact, there is even a statement in the Hamli Madhab, which you'll study when you read Mughni or reach that level. In Al-Mughni, it states that if after watching something seven times and the Najasa is clearly evident then you would still have to keep on going and the water wouldn't be pure and purifying. So they've even got that fell safe there as well. Meaning that they're now going at it 10th time, 11th time, 12th time. So they have to put that little kind of disclaimer in to say that there are some exceptions to this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 That's right. Okay, guys. Yeah. Last question. From the, from the tap water, how would you, how could you say that? Would you have to turn the tap off? 
No, you wouldn't need to because it would be the washing. So it's running, washing, washing, washing. Okay, Jazakumullahu khairan. Subhanakallahumma shukran la ilaha illa anta